Welcome to the Miracle Channel podcast. Every week, you'll hear powerful messages from world-renowned pastors that air on Miracle Channel, Canada's 24-7 Christian TV station. And if you want to watch more of their messages anytime you want, check out our online streaming service, Corco Plus. Follow the link in our show notes to create a free account in three simple steps. Today on the podcast, you'll hear a message from Pastor Doug Shimoda. Pastor Doug Shimoda is the lead pastor of City Light Church in Lethbridge, Alberta. He's passionate about family, friendships, and fulfilling a God-given purpose. In this episode, Pastor Shimoda shares that God desires for those He forgives to extend the gift and be forgiving people. Let's dive into the message. You know, the Bible says that we were fearfully and wonderfully created by God and that we are very precious to Him. We were made, you were made to be amazing. You know, by myself, I can't do much. But at the same time, I I know that also I can do amazing things because not only is it God who does amazing things, but it's us and God together, together, We're a great combination, an incredible combination. Together we can do great things. You know, uh, the Bible says that our life is to be like an eagle. We're we're to be like eagles. Eagles are meant to fly. You know, we're we're meant to uh, take risks and to have faith adventures and to really enjoy this thing called living a life with living with Christ. But often our lives don't feel like that. In fact, more often I think, you know, our lives feel almost like the opposite. We're like birds in a cage. We're like budgie birds, we're, we're stuck in this cage, we're restrained. And it's because of life's disappointments, problems, setbacks, hurts, you know, offenses, and those things can literally downsize our lives. But you know, I believe that most often it's problems in relationships that keep us small. So it's the smallness of, of our life, the smallness of our lives could be because of the smallness of our relationships, our relationships with God, our relationships with one another. So it's time to wake up to what's happening in our relationships. So today, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 18, where Jesus talks about dealing with sin and restoring broken relationships in the church. Matthew 18, 18, I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid, In other words, whatever you bind or lock on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit, whatever you loose or open on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. In other words... When our relationships are right with God, then we have this ability together to literally open doors or to open the doors of heaven, to release heaven's flow from heaven to earth. And conversely, or but conversely, if our relationships aren't good or if they aren't right, then the windows of heaven can shut up, can be locked, and heaven's flow can stop. Revelation chapter 3 verse 7 says, to the angel 
of the church in Philadelphia, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can what he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. You know, we think it's the devil. The devil is the one that shuts the doors. But here, the scriptures tell us it's God who shuts the doors, and it's God who opens the doors. And often God shuts doors in our lives in order to get us back on track, in order because there are some things that we need to let go of. And maybe some of those things might be like a relationship that didn't work out, or a relationship that isn't right, or maybe a, a financial setback, or maybe a business that, that needs to close, or maybe it's just letting your kids go, or maybe it's an opportunity that just didn't happen, and we just need to let some things go, because the season is finished, and there's something new that God wants to bring into our lives. Isaiah 43, 18 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do, not, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And he's saying, God is saying, don't get caught up. Don't get caught up in the sentimental things of the past. Don't get caught up in your hurts and in your disappointments, in your regrets and relationships. Don't get caught up in unforgiveness. I said, disciples forgive. So as disciples, the Bible exhorts us that every disciple of Jesus will have some evidence that they've been transformed by the gospel. Today, we're talking about forgiveness. And I say today that today, God, you know, we as people of God, we need to forgive. Disciples forgive. And in, in, his, in one of these, his messages, there's a pastor, his name is Bob Engel, and he told this, this story about a worship leader and a pastor who just did not get along. They didn't get along at all. And the story goes this way. I'll read it to you. It says, the worship leader would lead songs disagreeing with, the, with what the pastor was saying. For instance, one Sunday, the pastor preached on the importance of Christians moving out to share the gospel with others. Immediately, the worship leader led the hymn, We Shall Not Be Moved. Next week, the pastor preached on the importance of everyone giving more money, and the leader followed it up with this hymn, Jesus Paid It All. Next week, the pastor preached on the dangers of gossip, and the song that followed was, I Love to Tell the Story. The pastor got so frustrated that that, that Sunday night, he threatened to resign if the music did not change. The worship leader followed that with, oh, why not tonight? Finally, the pastor was so fed up that the next Sunday he said, I've had it with this church. Jesus is leading me to leave and to go to another church. And the worship leader stood and said, let's all sing, what a friend we have in Jesus. You know, we can laugh at that story, but really unforgiveness is a very serious thing. It was Dwight Al Moody who said, there is one sin, one failure that is doing more to hold back the power of God and revival in the lives and the hearts of Christians more than any other sin, and that is the sin of an unforgiving spirit. You know, because we're sinners, we'll have plenty of opportunities to receive forgiveness. And because we live around other sinners, we'll have plenty of opportunities to also practice forgiveness. So what we're going to see today is this, is that God demands that forgiven people be 
forgiving people. Forgiven people be forgiving people. And when forgiven people refuse to be forgiving people, it damages their life and it damages the church. The Bible is so clear, so many examples of Scripture, dozens of Scripture teaching us about the need to forgive others and how to do that in a correct way. For example, Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. You know, if you think about it, there are two things that can come between you and God. Number one, unforgiven sin. Number two, an unforgiving spirit. And this is why Jesus taught his disciples to pray this prayer every single day. This part of the prayer in what we call the Lord's Prayer, which is a model of prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, Jesus told his disciples, pray every day, forgive our debts or our sins as we forgive our debtors. So we realize, we're, we live in this fallen world, and every day there's an opportunity for us to get hurt, offended, wounded, you know, and disappointed with others. And at the same time, we can do that to other people. We can hurt them, we can hurt, offend them. And so the result is guilt, and bitterness you know and here is with this petition jesus shows us how to overcome guilt and bitterness and he's trying to tell us the only remedy to overcome guilt is forgiveness and the only remedy to overcome bitterness and resentment is forgiveness is to forgive you know it's amazing how many bitter resentful christians that i meet in fact doctors tell us that they are the unhealthiest of emotions that they can literally eat you alive like cancer you know many people think this they think that they can receive forgiveness of god without having to forgive other people you know and that's a that's really just a bad idea and it's insufficient theology it's really weak thinking in fact anne lamont who is an author of christian books she says this in fact not forgiving is like drinking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die Wow. You know, many times people hold resentment in their heart and the person that they have resentment against or bitterness against are totally unaware of it. And they're just going on with their life. They're just enjoying life. They're going ahead with their future. And you're the one who's still stuck in the past. So the question is, so what should we do? Well, of course, the answer is forgive. We need to forgive. You know, but not forgive like the world forgives. To forgive like Jesus forgave. So we see the attributes of Jesus' forgiveness. We see, for example, his, his forgiveness was selfless. It was completely selfless. And he was not offended by our sin. You know, yet in the most unselfish act in history, here Jesus Christ went to the cross. He allowed himself to be, to be crucified as a payment, as a penalty for our, our sins. In Luke chapter 23, 34, Jesus prayed as he hung on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. He didn't yell from down from the cross, Hey, you ignorant people, don't you know I'm doing this, this for you? No, his forgiveness was completely and selflessly, you know, sacrificial. 
he sacrificed himself completely and selfishly for the good of other people. Regarding the attributes of Jesus' selflessness, his forgiveness, his ability to forgive was unlimited. You know, there's no sin that we've committed that he won't, he won't forgive us of completely. And if we just ask him and we just trust in him, Romans 8 verse 1 says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That means he won't hold anything against you. He'll forgive anything and everything. And if you look at the people in the Bible that God forgave, for example, Noah, God forgave Noah his drunkenness. God forgave Moses murder that he committed against a fellow Israelite. You know, God uh, forgave David his adultery. God forgave Elijah his depression and his doubt. God forgave Peter his denial. God forgave Saul of Tarsus for murdering Christians. His forgiveness literally has no limits, and neither should ours. You know, His forgiveness is also unconditional. Romans 5 verse 8, God demonstrated His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the ungodly, for the lost, He lost for the sinners. See, God doesn't just die for good people. He also died and He forgives sinners. You know, our, you know our, our forgiveness of others is literally rooted in God's forgiveness towards us. You know, what's the definition of forgiveness? Forgiveness means to let go or to send away. So when you truly forgive someone, you're actually making three promises to that person. Here's the three promises. Number one, you won't hold this offense against that person ever again. Number two, you promise never to talk about this situation in a condemning or negative way to another person. Promise number three, you promise never to meditate on this hurt ever again. You refused to allow it to go over and over and over in your mind. And you might say, wow, how do I do that? How do I do that? You just don't know, you know, what's been done to me in my life. And you're right, I, I don't know, but Jesus does. He's the greatest forgiver of all times. And that's why Jesus told this great story in Matthew chapter 18 that helps us to understand forgiveness from God's point of view. Matthew 18, 23, Jesus tells a story. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted, wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he began to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, but he was not able to pay. His master commanded that he be sold with his wife, children, and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. So this guy literally owes a huge amount of money, a talent. A talent was 75 pounds. This guy owed 10,000 talents, which is the equivalent of about 375 tons, let's say, of gold today at today's rate, $2,000 Canadian per ounce, per ounce, that servant literally owed two and a half billion dollars. But then the story goes on. Right after, this servant, just after he received mercy and grace and compassion and forgiveness, he goes and he finds a fellow servant who owes him 100 denarii, grabs him by the throat, he says, pay back what you owe me. And the guy says, I can't, so he has his fellow servant thrown into prison. You know, when we do, we do stupid things and we make stupid decisions when we get bitter 
and we get angry. And we forget what we've been forgiven of. And, we, and here, this, this servant owed him a hundred denarii. A denarius was equivalent of a laborer's daily wage. A hundred denarii, a um, hundred times, let's say, $15 an hour, $120 a day. Today, that servant would have owed $12,000. So here's one servant. He owed one-third of a year's wages. And here's the other servant who owed more money than he could ever earn in his lifetime. In fact, if you try to calculate it out, it's well over a thousand years. In other words, the point is this. It was an unpayable debt. It was an impossible situation. There was absolutely no way that this guy could ever pay back that debt. So that's why forgiveness is so unnatural. Forgiveness is supernatural. See, and God has given us this supernatural ability to forgive other people. You know, that supernatural ability is called the love of God. You know, Romans 5 verse 5 said, God has literally poured His love, it's his, his ability to love people, to forgive people into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So it's a supernatural ability and grace that it takes to really forgive someone. But God has given us that ability and power to forgive. You know, you and I would probably agree, it's easy to forgive the small stuff. For example, like forgetting to put the toilet seat down, right? Or like um, breaking your wife's favorite vase in the living room, which I just did recently. Or like, you know, out of frustration, you know, giving the finger to the driver in front of you. You know, I believe that, you know, we believe that God will forgive us for the small things, but what about the big things? Like, what, what about murder? What about abuse? What about infidelity? You know, can we, are, are we expected by God to forgive those things as well? And the answer is yes. Yes, yes, yes. A hundred times yes. We're supposed to do that, right? But the question is, why should we? And the answer is because we'll, we are guilty of the same things towards God. And you might say, well, I've never been unfaithful to my spouse. But you know, we, we have been unfaithful to God and we can be in many different ways. And you could say, well, I've never killed anyone, but not with our hands, but we could do it with our mouths, with our words, by gossip and by slander. So let's look at the conclusion. Verse 34, his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay back all that was due him. So my heavenly father, will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. So unforgiving servants always end up in prison. Bitter people live in prisons of anger, rage, bitterness, depression. We literally build our own prisons. We build our own cages. So I say, listen, if we forget the forgiveness, if you forget the forgiveness that you received and refuse to forgive others who hurt you, then God will allow you to endure the tortures, such as stress or hardships or a troubled conscience or a bitter spirit or even poor health until we deal with our unforgiveness. See, this unforgiving servant was turned over to the tortures, and he had to 
had to pay the original impossible debt, possibly even forfeiting his salvation. Jesus said that happens to believers. Roman, sorry, Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow, I think he's talking about zero tolerance here. According to the Bible's presentation of life, we just can't get away from the fact that we need forgiveness in this fallen world. You know, we feel it in everything from our jobs, our, our, our family, um, our, our marriages. We know that we do wrong. And if there's anything that we need, we need forgiveness from other people in this fallen world. So we ourselves, we need to grow in this ability to forgive other people. So how do we do that? I'm going to give you three quick things. Number one, remember forgiveness is not, is not a feeling, it's a decision. And you say, well, I don't know if I could do that. I don't feel like doing it. You'll never feel like doing it. You've got to do it. It's a decision. Like agape love, it's not a decision. It's, it's not a feeling, rather. It's a decision. Forgiveness is an act of the will. Number two, forgive. remember how much you've been forgiven. Compared to uh, the offenses that other people have committed against you, think of the five worst things that somebody's done against you. Add them all up. I want to tell you, they don't even compare to the sins you've committed against God. And God is like, like really? Let it go. Let it go. Number three, remember being, an, uh, being unforgiving makes me, makes you unforgivable. Unforgiveness literally poisons your relationship with God. An ancient problem, Chinese problem says this, if you pursue revenge, then dig two graves. It's not a suggestion. Forgiveness is a command from God. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, this is the great proverb. This is the message version, which says this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The key to a bigger and a better and a more abundant life is to be a forgiver. Be a forgiver. The world of the forgiving person gets larger and larger. The world of the person who holds bitterness and resentments against someone else gets smaller and smaller. You literally end up downsizing yourself. So the key is this, learn to forgive other people. I want to say this again. Remember this, forgiven people forgive other people. Let's remember to do that. Let's do that every single day. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to hear more great messages from inspiring teachers like Doug Shimoda. Rate this podcast and write a review if you haven't already. And share this message so others can be encouraged by this teaching too. So subscribe, rate, review, and share. We hope you were inspired by today's message. God bless.